0: Hello and welcome to Radio Omniglot, a podcast about language. My name is Simon Eger, and since 1998 I have been running Omniglot.com, the online encyclopedia of writing systems and languages. I have studied quite a few languages, and also linguistics. In this exciting first episode, I'll be talking about my own language learning adventures. And in subsequent episodes, I'll be talking about individual languages about language itself linguistics, words and related matters. I'm also interested in talking to anybody who learns languages, who's tried to learn languages, and also to people who believe they can't learn languages, and to indulge in a bit of therapy to find out why people find learning languages difficult, or at least what aspects of language people find difficult, how people overcome their obstacles and um, challenges in language learning, I'm also interested in talking to people who work with languages, whether they teach them, they're an interpreter, a translator, a lexicographer, a language therapist, or any other related profession, including writers, poets, and anybody else who works with words. So if you'd like to take part in this podcast, you can contact me on email at feedback at omniglot.com, that's O-M-N-I-G-L-O-T, It's a word I coined back in 1998, and means all languages, or someone who speaks all languages. And it was originally going to be the name of a business I was trying to set up at the time. More on that later. And is now the name of my website, about languages and alphabets. My own language learning adventures started many years ago. I was born and grew up in Lancashire in the northwest of England and until the age of 11 the only language I spoke was English. Other languages were spoken around me in the village where I grew up. A number of neighbours and friends spoke German or French and I picked up odd bits of Welsh from my mum who has tried to learn Welsh a number of times because her family are Welsh although she grew up in England and doesn't speak Welsh. And I picked up odd bits of Italian as well from the music I was, I was studying. From the age of 7, I had piano lessons, and then I started on the clarinet from the age of 12, and in classical music, musical directions are given in Italian. But my first formal language study started at secondary school, at the age of 11, when I studied French. It was compulsory for three years, and then optional after that, when I chose to continue, because I found it interesting and I was quite good at it, and I had a vague idea that maybe one day I could use it to work abroad, or live abroad, or travel. And also, when I was 12, I had the option to learn German, which I took, because I thought it would be an interesting thing to do. And then when I got to 16, I decided to continue studying languages, but no one else in my school, which was in Lancaster, wanted to study languages, so the school said, we can't do language courses just for you, so I moved to a different school in Ulverston, in Cumbria. And there our classes were taught in French and German. Our, all the written work was in those languages. And so I, I learned a lot while I was there. I was there for two years until I was 18. Before I finished school, I, I applied to universities. I was originally planning to do European languages, French or German or another language. But then I thought, well, everybody studies French and German and European languages... Why don't I do something a bit different? And I looked into other languages I could study. I thought about Chinese, Japanese, Arabic, Russian, and decided on Chinese. But unfortunately, it didn't look like I was going to get the right grades to do that. So I settled on a degree in German and Swedish at the University of Wales, Lapita. And I got a place to do that. When I got my exam results, they were actually better than expected. And I thought, well, I can actually do Chinese. So I applied to the University of Leeds and got a place there. And they said, we're doing this new course in Chinese and Japanese, would you like to try that? And I said, yes, of course. Before I started that course, I decided to work for a year in various parts of England, France, and the Channel Islands. And during that year, I had a plan to learn two new languages every year. Because I'd heard somewhere that you could learn a new language in about six months. So I thought, if I learned two new languages every year, I could learn most of the world's languages. I didn't realise at the time that there were so many languages out there. There are currently about 7,000 or so, and at that time there were probably a few more as well. But that was my plan anyway. The first languages I tried to learn were Italian and Welsh for various reasons. I got some linguaphone courses, did a few lessons, but I soon gave up, not because I wasn't interested, but just I didn't have time. I hadn't learned languages on my own before, so I didn't really know how to go about it. And I thought, well, maybe I will learn these languages one day, but not just now. And I decided to try Icelandic and Japanese instead. Icelandic, because I was hoping to get a job in Iceland during that year, and Japanese, because I was thinking about studying it in university. I didn't get very far with those. A bit further with Japanese than Icelandic, but not very far, really, at all. So I ended up, after my my year, studying in Leeds. And during during that year, actually, I had three months in France, working on farms, and I became quite fluent in French during that time, well fairly fluent anyway, and I picked up off bits of Portuguese while working in Jersey, and most of my colleagues in the hotel where I was working were from Madeira. And in 1989, I started university in Leeds, and in the first year of my degree in Chinese and Japanese, we had a very intensive course in, in Chinese with tests every two weeks and we had to learn lots and lots of characters and it was quite difficult but I, I got through it. The course in Japanese wasn't quite so intense and then in the second year I spent a semester in, in Taipei studying in a university there where all my classes were taught in Mandarin so I learned a lot during that time and I was living with a local couple who didn't speak any English so I had to speak Mandarin with them. And then I spent a month in Hong Kong and picked up odd bits of Cantonese while I was there, then went to Japan for a semester and studied in a university near Osaka and stayed with a local family and learnt quite a lot of Japanese while I was there, although my classes, my Japanese language classes there were taught in English, so I didn't make quite as much progress with my Japanese as I had with my Mandarin in Taiwan. Then I went travelling in China for a few months and also spent a bit more time in Hong Kong and became a bit more fluent in Mandarin and picked up a bit more Cantonese. Then in my third and fourth year I was back in Leeds and then after I graduated I got a scholarship to study Chinese for another year in Taipei and during that time I became fluent in Mandarin and I started learning Spanish because I had a plan that maybe I'd travel in South America and knowing Spanish would be useful for that. I also learnt some more Cantonese because I was thinking about trying to get a job in Hong Kong where Cantonese is the main language. And I started learning Scottish Gaelic as well. I got into traditional music from Scotland and Ireland when I was in school and really loved the sound of the songs and thought I'd like to to learn to sing them one day and maybe understand them and speak the languages. I didn't get very far at the time but I started anyway. And then after studying for a year in Taiwan I got a job with the British Council And I worked there for four years as an education counsellor, an external liaison officer, an IT manager, and a web consultant. So during that time, my Mandarin became more fluent. I picked up basic Taiwanese. I learned a bit more Cantonese. And I also learned about web design, desktop publishing, computers, and IT management, and such like. So when I went back to the UK in 1998, I tried to set up my own business, doing web design and translation. And this is what I was going to call Omniglot, although my dad thought that was probably too obscure, so I called it multilingual communications. This didn't quite work out as expected, but the website I built to promote the the, the business eventually became omniglot.com, which is my website about alphabets and languages, which I've been making a living from for the past ten years. I spent a year trying to set up this business and also applying for other jobs, and some of the jobs required linguistic knowledge. I applied for a job at the University of Bangor, where Welsh was required, or desirable, so I learnt some Welsh. I also applied for a job at the University of Luton, where Cantonese would have been a useful language to know, so I learnt some Cantonese. And also during that year, I learnt some Esperanto. That was mainly for fun. I'd, I'd heard that it was an easy language to learn, and I thought I'd give it a try. And I have actually used it since then, at a number of language-related events. I eventually got a job in Brighton as a multilingual web developer, and I was there for a total of nine years. During that time, I learned various languages, some for when I went on trips to different countries, because I think when you go to a a country whose language you don't speak, it's only polite to learn at least a little of that language, and I always do that. And I learned some uh, Hungarian, Turkish, Italian, Portuguese, and Arabic for trips to places where those were spoken. But I actually found the most useful language in those places in in Turkey, Italy, Portugal and Morocco was actually French. Because many people learn it as a, a foreign or second language, especially in Morocco. I also started learning Irish. I got interested in that few music, as I mentioned. And since 2005, I've been going to Ireland and spending a week or two every summer learning Irish language and music and songs. I also started learning Welsh. I was on holiday one year in Portugal, doing a, a walking tour of northern Portugal, and there were two native Welsh speakers in the group I was in, and I soon found that the little Welsh I knew at the time wasn't enough to have a conversation. So when I went went home to Brighton, I thought, you know, I've tried to learn all these different languages, haven't really got to the, a level where I can use them in conversation yet, so I should try and focus on one. And I chose Welsh for various reasons. And then I I, um, listened to Welsh language radio every day at work. I started trying to read Welsh novels for learners and um, learning new words every day. And eventually I got to the stage where I could use the language. I found a few people to speak Welsh to. I did some Welsh language courses in Wales. I joined the Brighton Welsh Male Voice Choir, where there was one native Welsh speaker and one learner. And eventually I became fluent in Welsh. And in 2008, I was made redundant from my job in Brighton. I was automated out of a job, really. By that time, Omniglot was making some money. Not quite enough to live on in Brighton, which is quite an expensive place to live. And I'd been thinking about doing something different for a while. And I considered going to t- into teaching. i teaching English as a foreign language, or maybe teaching Chinese, or joining a circus. I also thought about speech and language therapy. I thought, how can I use my, my language knowledge in a practical way that will help other people? And I found out about that, and I thought, well, before I study that, maybe I should have a background in linguistics as well. So I decided to do an MA in linguistics, and I chose to do it in Bangor because it was an interesting course in a nice small town in a Welsh-speaking area. I thought, I would spent all this time learning Welsh, and it would be nice to actually, actually be able to use it. So in 2008, I moved to Bangor. I started doing my MA in linguistics, and I spent a year doing that. And for my dissertation, I wrote about language, death, and revival, focusing particularly on Manx, or Manx Gaelic, the language of the Isle of Man. I'd already studied Irish and Scottish Gaelic by then, and spoke them quite well, and I thought it'd be interesting to learn their, their cousin, Manx. So I learnt quite a bit of Manx through my research, and I also looked into other related languages that have been revived, such as Hebrew and Cornish, or have been revitalised, like Hawaiian and Maori and Native American languages, and I found it fascinating. After I finished my degree, I was already making a good living from Omniglot, and I decided I didn't need to continue studying or get another job. So since finishing my MA, I have learned a few more languages, for various reasons, including interest, fun... In preparation for trips to different places and trying out different types of language courses. These include Mormanx, Cornish, Breton, British Sign Language, Latin, Slovak, Serbian, Swedish, Romanian, Icelandic, Danish, Hindi and Tokipona, which is a constructed language. I've even started constructing my own language, which I call Lala, and it's not complete yet but I'm having fun playing with it, thinking up ways to express different ideas, and I hope to write songs in it. In the past, when I've tried to learn languages, I've often got enthusiastic at first and studied every day for a while, maybe a few weeks, a few months even, and then I've started taking breaks, and they got longer and longer until I I gave up altogether. But since Easter 2017, I've been studying Every day without fail on Duolingo. I started with Swedish and Russian, and then added Romanian, and then I added Danish this year. I've put my Romanian on hold for now, I've completed the course. I wanted to see if it was possible to learn Romanian just using Duolingo, and came to the conclusion that it's not entirely possible. You can learn to understand quite a lot and read and write it, but you need to practice speaking elsewhere. So at the moment, I'm still studying Russian, Swedish and Danish every day. I um, go to a French conversation group every week to practice my French. Um, I speak Welsh regularly. I, well, I speak other languages whenever I can, mainly with um, students from different countries who are studying in Bangor. That's the end of my language learning adventures so far. In the future, I plan to continue with the languages I'm working on at the moment, and I would like to learn other languages. I have many language courses I haven't looked at yet in a variety of languages. On my wish list, I have languages like Swahili, Greek, Basque, maybe Zulu, and maybe Hawaiian even. I don't know if I'll get around to learning these, but I'd, I'd like to, to have a go. I hope you found this interesting. If you'd like to take part in Radio Omniglot, you can contact me at feedback at omniglot.com. My name is Simon Eager. I produced and edited this podcast. The music you heard at the beginning of this podcast and at the end is a piece called Apple Blossom, Blodai Aval. I wrote it earlier this year and recorded it on the Cavaquinho, a Portuguese instrument that looks like a um, ukulele but has steel strings and different tuning. I composed quite a few tunes on the Cavaquinho and also on the piano, the harp, the guitar and other instruments. If you have a podcast and you would like some original music, maybe I can help. Anyway, thank you for listening and goodbye for now.